are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? We have a really fun show today. I am in a better mood after breaking down the AFC South. I got it all out of my system. Today, we are going to do the NFC North. Webb, are you ready for today's show? Always 75% ready. I like those numbers. That is an honest, accurate description of your capabilities, and I appreciate that. The NFC North is, I think, one of the strangest divisions in football. I don't understand how it works. I don't understand the team dynamics. I don't understand. I don't understand basically anything any of these teams are doing. Well, does it make sense to you? For some, yes. For others, no. Okay, we're in, we're going to get into that. Uh, let's start with the 2020 records of all these teams. Green Bay won the division at 13-3. and three. They lost in the NFC Championship game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who cheated. Chicago came in second at 8-8. Eight and eight. Minnesota finished third at 7-9. and nine. And Detroit finished in last at 5-11. and 11. Were you surprised at how these teams did last season? Do all these records make sense to you? Uh, I think Chicago's 8-8 eight and eight could have easily been a 10-6, and six just based on the games and how they shook out. They had a lot of close games. They blew leads. They had opportunities to win uh, in the last uh, couple minutes, the last drive, and they just fudged it. I think Chicago actually could have been better than 8-8. Eight and eight just based on how they played during the games. I also think Detroit could have been better than 5-11. and 11. Matthew Stafford, your new quarterback, is a really good player. Thank you for saying that he's the Rams quarterback again. He's a good player, and I'm giving you credit. It's, it's good for you to hear that Jared Goff is not your quarterback anymore, and you have Matthew Stafford. That's better. That is true. I think, I think Minnesota was better than 7-9. and nine. I think Chicago was maybe 8-8. Eight and eight. Sounds about right to me. Green Bay, I think, weren't 13-3 and three good. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP last season. If he's a little bit worse, they're like 11-5. and five. Yeah, I agree with that on Green Bay. I think Chicago, like if you look at the roster, you, you think they're an 8-8 eight eight team, but they were in a lot of those games last year. They should have been uh, better than 8-8 eight eight just with the momentum and their performance like late in games. Uh, Detroit, 5-11 and 11 sounds about right to me. Maybe 6-10. and 10. You are a hater. You are a born-again hater. It's terrible. Let's start with Chicago, though. Let's start the NFC North breakdown. Alphabetical order. The Chicago Bears are up first. Again, in 2020, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. To me, their story of the offseason was moving on from Mitch Trubisky and selecting Justin Fields as the quarterback of their future. They traded a first-round pick this year and a first-round pick next year to get him. Do you think that was the story of their offseason? Yes, I agree. Justin Fields was a huge swing, and I loved it. We will get to the draft in a, in a minute. I don't want to spoil the podcast, unlike you, I guess. Uh, the head coach, Matt Nagy. Offensive coordinator is Bill Lazor. And the defensive coordinator is Sean Desai. I have le- the least amount of respect as a head coach as Matt Nagy. I think he is terrible. I think he is probably the first coach fired. And if they fired him tomorrow, I would be happy. How do you how do you feel about this coaching staff, Webb? I don't mind it. I think Laser is fine. I think um, I think Nagy's a fine coach. Chicago's had a pretty bad run of coaches with John Fox and uh, uh, Mark. I can't remember his name from the CFO. Do you remember his name? Nobody knows who that person is. Yeah, the guy who lasted like maybe like a season or two. He came from the CFO. And Went right back a, to the CFO. Or right back. Uh, <laughs> And they've had a bad string of coaches over the last uh, uh, few years. Um, 
we'll see how it goes. Like I think Matt Nagy's gonna get um possibly fired depending on how Andy Dalton, if he's a starter, does and how Chicago does. So uh yeah, I'm okay with the staff though. I like how you were so positive on some teams and so negative on others because Webb's biases come out all the time. For some reason he loves Matt Nagy. This makes no sense to me. I don't love him. I don't. So indifferent towards him. You want him to be the godfather of your first child, then it's disgraceful. Uh, let's go on to the draft, Web. In round one, they made the huge trade-up for Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. They gave up their pick at 20, at 20 to move to 11, and then gave up their first-round pick next year. In round two, they took Tevin Jenkins, tackle Oklahoma State. Do you like these moves, Web? I mean, you told the audience already, so you might as well tell them again. Hey, it's not like they haven't heard our NFL draft review show or draft grades. So technically, it's already been spoiled uh, in the spring. Nice that, try. That is very, very fair. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I love the Justin Fields uh, trade uh, selection. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, I really like. Uh, Larry Borum. Um, I like the draft. I, I think the only thing I didn't like about the draft was that they took a while to uh select a, a receiver they didn't take one until round six and i think they need a receiver we'll get into it a little bit later um and they should have been addressed uh more immediately i love justin fields uh they drafted tevin jenkins who was a right tackle and they moved him to left tackle i think this is stupid because when you have a guy who's great at doing something let him keep doing that I don't understand why you switch it up. It makes no sense to me. But the Bears are stupid, so they're going to do what they're going to do. Uh, this draft, it, it's an A for me because of how good Justin Fields is. He was my number two quarterback in this class. He's so good. He's looked great in the preseason games. I just want him to succeed. I love Andy Dalton, and he should never start a game for these Bears. Like, he should never play for them. It's crazy to me. Yeah, and there's a reason why Matt Nagy could get fired if he starts Andy Dalton. I think he'll keep his job if he starts Justin Fields and they do poorly. If he starts Andy Dalton and they do poorly, it's going to be like a nail in the coffin. I think this is an organizational decision to start Andy Dalton. He has to know Justin Fields is better. So if he started him, he'd win more games. The ownership and GM are saying, hey, don't play this kid. Let him sit for a while. Other, Because if they start 0-3 or 0-4, he's getting fired. Fields gives him a chance. Uh, I think the owners want him out because he's bad at his job. And they're doing this to, like, push him out the door. I think that makes the most sense. Bring in Eric Bianami next year, and you're good to go. You could be very right about that. Let's talk about their free agent signings. They signed quarterback Andy Dalton from Dallas for one year, $10 million. Good gig if you can get it. They signed wide receiver Marquise Goodwin from San Francisco for one year, $1.2 million. They signed outside linebacker Jeremiah Atachua. From Denver for two years, $5.5 million. They signed left tackle Jason Peters from Philly for one year, $1.7 million, like three days ago. And they signed uh, defensive end Angelo Blackson from Arizona for two years, $5.5 million. Jason Peters is 39 years old, Webb. He has not been good, I want to say in three years, but it could be four. He is consistently injured. I, I think this is terrible. What do you think of these free agent signings? Absolutely nothing to write home about. Nothing impressive. I didn't mind the Jason Peters uh, pickup. He hardly plays, but he's so good when he does. Yes, he's 40 years old, but 
He's so good. And he was a part of the, the, the Philly offensive line. That was one of the best in the league for a while. So Chicago definitely needs O-line help and depth. Um, I didn't mind it. I also like the pickup of uh, Desmond Trufant in the uh, secondary. But other than that, I think uh, another big move that they made was keeping Allen Robinson for at least another year. Hopefully they can get a contract worked out. But the the new guys they brought in, I'm not that impressed. I am a longtime fan of Marquise Goodwin for whenever he's healthy. He's really electric. And Justin Fields throws an amazing deep ball. I think that could be interesting, but he's always hurt as well. So uh, the Jason Peters signings to me, I know you don't follow baseball because you're a bad person. But last weekend, the San Diego Padres signed a pitcher named Jake Arrieta, who used to be excellent. They signed him on Saturday. He pitched on Sunday and then went on the, the injured list Sunday night. It was immediate. And I was like, who, who could have seen this coming? Every other team? Yeah, 100%. Like, this is exactly what's going to happen with Jason Peters. And it's terrible. Over under for the games that Jason Peters plays? Three and a half. I'll take the under. Are you? Si- I'll take the hard over. No. Three and a half? I'll take the hard over. How many games did he play the last two years? Maybe I spoke too soon. Each season, how many games did he play? On average, uh, Jason Peters, I don't know, six. I honestly don't know. I have to check. Fine. Five and a half, I'll take the under. Five and a half. I think that is more than reasonable. Hard under. Five and a half. Checking right now. So he played eight games last year, and he played 13 in 2019. Five and a half under. I'm I'll, go- I'll, I'll, I'll take the over. What would you take the over at? At five and a half. No, like, if it was eight, would you take the over there? Yes. Okay. I'll put it at eight then, and I'll take the under. And you take the over. They will go. There you go. Okay, I'll take the over on that. I tricked into that one. I'm fine with that. If you get into double digits, I don't know. <laughs> there are some free agent losses Chicago had. The defensive tackle of Roy Robertson-Harris to Jacksonville for three years, $23.4 million. They lost their star cornerback, Kyle Fuller, to Denver for one year, $9.5 million. They cut Charles Leno and let him go to Washington for one year, $4 million, their left tackle. They let... Their quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, got a Buffalo for one year, two and a half million. And star punt returner and running back, Corderell Patterson, went to Atlanta for one year, three million. I think this Kyle Fuller loss is going to hurt. I think Charles Leno is going to hurt. And I think Corderell Patterson is bad. What do you think about these losses, Webb? Uh, Corderell Patterson is, it's surprising that he's still in the NFL to me. But the other, the other uh, losses I think are big. Uh, they also lost Kyle Long um, to the Chiefs. Did they? Wasn't he retired last year? Maybe. I think he's been out of the league for like two years. I'll have to double check that. You could be right. But um, let me see. Anyway, the, the, the other guys, uh, Mitch, I think they wanted him out. I don't think they were. I don't count that as a loss. Uh, Kyle Long played in 2019. He did not play last year. So I don't know if that was a COVID thing or if that was a retirement thing. I'm pretty sure he retired and then unretired for Kansas City to go back okay. there. Okay. Yeah, he did. You're right. He retired after 2019 and came back. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but the other losses I think are, are, are pretty big. Um, and it didn't exactly make it up in the offseason. So, it's interesting. The Chicago Bears have $5 million in cap space and the 27th most cap space in the NFL. So, not a lot of money to improve things either after their free agency. I mean, maybe not giving Andy Dalton $10 million would have helped, but what do I know? Yeah, it was not smart. What is the strongest unit for this team, Webb? They have some they have some contenders here. Yeah, I have I have two um candidates, I guess I'll say. The D line 
is one for me. Do you have them? They were my winner as well. Khalil Mack, one of the best pass rushers in football. Keem Hicks is still really good. Eddie Goldman's a pro bowler. Like Those are three guys in your line that are just dominant. So I think that's the strongest unit of their team. And then add in Robert Quinn, who's pretty much like a specialist. He'll definitely rush the passer. May not be elite, um, but can definitely sack, sack and pressure uh, the quarterback. Um, my runner-up was uh, the linebackers. We have the, both the exact same positions. Wow. I had the linebackers as well as my runner-up. But I love Rokon Smith like way too much. I have been all – I loved him coming out of Georgia. I wanted the Colts to draft him. But we took Quentin Nelson instead, which worked out very well for us. But I love Roquan Smith. Danny Trevathan is just really good all the time. He's maybe the most underrated linebacker in football. I don't know how no one ever talked about this guy. He's so good. Yeah, he's very good. Six-round draft pick. And he just has that staying power. Uh, Roquan Smith is a problem. Uh, he really is. But he got hurt the last season or two, right? He's had some injury issues from what I remember. He is a smaller player. So injuries are always going to tag him up a little bit. I don't think he's ever missed like seven games. I think he's hurt like a game or two at a time. I don't think it's ever been one long injury. Okay. But I could be wrong there. But when he plays, he is a problem, like you said. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting um, that they have such good individual defensive players and a good unit. But I was looking at some stats last year, and they weren't that impressive defensively. I think the defense is all effort. And if you know your team is going nowhere because your quarterback is Mitch Trubisky, maybe you don't try as hard. But if your quarterback is now Justin Fields and not the Red Rocket himself, Andy Dalton, maybe you put some more effort in. All I'm saying here is start Justin Fields tomorrow. Okay, get this done. I'm furious if he does not play football. Yeah. Did you see that uh, the Raiders were trying to get Cleo Mack back? I did see that, and I laughed very, very hard. <laughs> and I just looked it up, by the way. Uh, as a rookie, he played 16 games, Rokon Smith. In 2019, he played 12 games, and last year he played 16 games. Okay, so he had one off year. Yeah. And 12 games isn't that bad. It's four games is not. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like a broken, torn ACL, was, or like a, it's probably like a wrist or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it was, though, but yeah. I don't consider him one of those guys that's always hurt. Right. But I, some guys that are always banged up, I'm like, that guy's always like a little thing. You will not make me stop loving Roquan Smith, okay? It's never going to happen with him, no matter how hard you try. He is a beautiful man, and I love him. I love Roquan Smith. And Danny Trevathan. Not like me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this team does have some issues, though, Webb. They are not solid everywhere. I think this team's weakest unit is their tackles. Tevin Jenkins just had back surgery. After they cut Charles Leno because they were so sure he could play left tackle. Then they signed 39-year-old Jason Peters. And I don't think the right tackle, Jermaine Effetti, is that good. So I have some issues on this tackle front, and I think it's going to hurt this team. What did you have as their weakest unit? I have the cornerbacks as their weakest unit. Uh, but I definitely agree with you that their, their offensive line is a little shaky. I think it can be solid if Jason Peters is healthy. And if uh, Jerome Fetty steps up, but yeah, they had some big losses on the uh, the O line, so we'll see what happens. Corner was in definite consideration for me as well, so that is not a bad choice whatsoever. I still like Desmond Trufant. Like I know he's eighty five years old, already burnt. Like they're you not like that his name. Good. That honesty is part of it. I think <laughs> he has a cool name. <laughs> he really does, man. 
Desmond Trufant sounds like an amazing person you want to be friends with. He sounds like a <laughs> French artist. You're like, oh, this guy has a good place. <laughs> uh, the My runner-up for weakest unit were their tight end situation. Because Jimmy Graham has been washed up for three years. Their backup is Cole Komet, who I like but will never develop if Jimmy Graham keeps getting snaps. They gave Jimmy Graham $10 million. They gave him three years for $30 million before last season, after drafting Cole... Sorry, before drafting Cole Komet. Then they drafted Cole Komet with their first pick in round two last year. Uh, this was stupid. I, I do not understand what they're doing. Do you understand this at all? No, it made no sense. Um, I had... So my runner-up for their weakest... Areas was actually depth at skill positions, and tight end was one of them. Uh, receiver was another. I find they're kind of top heavy, um, and the running back as well. Even though I'm not really a fan of uh, of, of uh, Montgomery, but um, yeah, I think they need to improve this offense like badly. I agree. Like their depth is bad. If Allen Robinson gets hurt, this team is ter- This team is ruined. It's it's a lot riding on one guy and a guy they refuse to pay. So if he gets hurt, maybe he sets out an extra game or two because like, why push it? I'll save myself for next season. It's not a good look for this team, Webb. But there's some positives here. There's some negatives here. What is their 2021 record? Well, I like this team. I think that uh, when Justin Fields takes over, uh, which is inevitable, they're going to be fun. I have them at nine and eight. Although if they went below 500, I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, they have a bit of a tough stretch in their schedule, which I think will be tough. Green Bay at Tampa, San Francisco at Pittsburgh, and then uh, home to Baltimore. I think that's kind of a tough uh, stretch. And they have a buy in between that. But I think this defense is good enough, potentially, that they can keep them in games. And when Justin Fields comes, they make this exciting. If Allen Robinson can stay healthy, it's going to be a fun team. And if David Montgomery, who was fifth in rushing yards last year, I found out, which is crazy. What? The, yeah. David Montgomery, you said? David Montgomery was fifth in rushing yards. That is the most shocking stat I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge he, drop-off, but he's still fifth. You could have told me 25th. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that would make sense. No, it was Derrick Henry with 2,000... 27 yards. Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, your boy, Aaron Jones, and then David Montgomery with barely getting a thousand yards. But he's fifth. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I there agree you with you. This team isn't bad. They got some nice pieces at certain position groups. The defense, pass rush, linebacker core, some of the best in the league. If the defense can stay healthy, they can win some games. If they end this Andy Dalton facade, they can win some games. Just start Justin Fields. Let him take his lumps. I don't see why he couldn't have a better start than RG3 did. I think he's a more talented passer and a, not quite as good an athlete, but a better football player. It, as a rookie, RG3 went 9-10-6, and, and six, was it? Yeah, but they rallied off like seven straight wins. I think they were 3-6. and six. And... Uh... Shanahan gave up on the season in a in an interview. Smart. Uh, with the worst team, Chicago's defense is really good. I would play him, let him work, and I think you'll may you may lose some games that Andy Dalton can win you, 
but she will definitely win some games and Andy Dalton cannot win you. So my prediction, they go eight and nine in 2021. I, I think if Andy Dalton starts the whole year, they probably go eight and nine as well because he's a serviceable quarterback. But then Justin Fields is in, a, is in a hole for next season. So just get take the, take the lumps this year and then build for 2022. That's what I would do. Yeah, it's going to take a really strong defense for them to be nine and eight like I predicted. And I think I think they can be decent. They were very middle of the pack last season. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I agree. Okay, the Detroit Lions are up next. In 2020, they went 5-11. and 11, And the story of their offseason was tearing everything down of the St- Stafford era and moving on. What did you have as a story of their offseason? Um, yeah, closely related to that was who are they going to select at pick seven? So it's pretty much related to what you said. Were they going to go quarterback? Were they going to go receiver? Were they going to go tackle? How was it going to fall for this team? That was that was my story. And, and obviously they drafted. We'll get into it. You won't spoil this one. Shocking. Okay. Uh, their head coach is Dan Campbell, former tight end coach in New Orleans. Their offensive coordinator is Anthony Lynn, who I did not know he was the coordinator here. I, I, I must have missed that. And the defensive coordinator is Aaron Glenn. I like the staff. I think Anthony Lynn is a very good offensive mind. I think Dan Campbell is the kind of guy you want as your head coach because he's a lunatic in a good way. Like he is a maniac. He will have guys running through walls. When a team has no talent, you need you need energy. And he has energy. He had that famous press conference about biting guys in the shins. I like this guy. I think he's going to do well. I really like Anthony, Anthony Lynn a lot. You probably heard that he went to Detroit and then forgot. Because, you know, football signings happen like six months before the season starts. So you don't remember anything. Maybe. I just, when I heard about Dan Campbell, I did not hear about his, his like, who he hired beneath him. Hmm. I think it would have made more sense to have Anthony Lynn be the head coach, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I like the staff and I think it's fine. I have much to say other than that. I love Anthony Lynn. We'll see what happens with Dan Campbell. Fair. Uh, in the draft, round one, they took Penny Sewell, tackle from Oregon. In round two, they took Levi Onwuzuruki, defensive tackle from Washington. Then they had two third, three third round picks. They took a Lee McNeil, defensive tackle from North North Carolina State, and Ivatu Melanwafu, cornerback from Syracuse. I'm sorry if I got those names wrong. They were very very hard. And I like those picks, by the way. Uh, this team has is building a culture. Uh, they are building on the offensive and defensive lines. They focus on those areas. I think that is very smart. Taking they took the two best run defenders in the draft in Levi and Aleem and the best offensive lineman in I think the best offensive lineman prospects in 10 years. There's been no one considered like Penne was this year. I think this is a good way to build your team. And I love the draft. What do you think? Matt? Yeah, I thought they did a good job uh, in the first few picks. I, I, lo- I love that they didn't uh, fall victim to trying to be cute at pick seven overall. Um, Penny Sewell, I think is exactly what they needed. He fell to them, really, because other teams passed on him, like Cincinnati idiots uh, didn't take him. So I think it's great. They didn't They didn't try and get Devontae Smith. Uh, they didn't try and go for Justin Fields when they just tried to get, when they just got Jared Goff. They didn't go for Pat Sertain. They didn't go for, uh, 
you know, Rashawn Slater, any of these guys, they went for the best player available at that point, and kudos to them. I agree, 100%. And in free agency, they kind of stuck to this mold, by the way. They they know this season is not going to be great. So they did not make many long-term deals or big deals. They re-signed their own guy, defensive end Romeo Aquara, three years, $37 million. So they paid their own. And they got a bunch of rentals. Wide receiver Tyrell Williams from Las Vegas for one year, $4 million. Wide receiver Rashad Perryman from the Jets for one year, $2.5 million. Running back Jamal Williams, who I kind of like from Green Bay for two years, $6 million. Defensive end Charles Harris from Atlanta for one year, $1.75 million. And then like 20 more. Were there any I didn't mention that you thought are important? Did you mention Quentin Dunmore? I did not. Okay. I like that. Sorry. How did you feel about the rest of the signings in general? That was fine. No, they weren't bad. I won't say they're bad, but I don't know if there are any signings that are going to make them any more competitive than last year. Um, thought Jamal's, Jamal Williams, like you said, was a sneaky good pickup. And uh, Julian, sorry, Romeo Aquara, um, it's good that they re-signed him. Uh, other than that, eh, they're fine. I, I liked re-signing Romeo. Jamal Williams is fine. Rashad Perryman is he keeps getting jobs because he's so fast and maybe he's gotten better at catching, but he still can't catch. That's an issue for receivers. So we'll see. This team had some losses though, some big losses, uh, including their entire receiving room. They're all gone. Kenny Galladay, the Giants for four years, 72 million. Marvin Jones to Jacksonville for two years, 12 and a half million. Jamal Agnew to Jacksonville for three years, 14.2 million. They lost their linebacker, Gerard Davis, to the Jets for one year, five and a half million, who got hurt today and is out for six weeks. They lost Justin Coleman, a cornerback to Miami for one year, 2.2 million. I think this team is going to struggle in the wide receiver room because these were three gigantic losses. I d- They're going to hurt the team, man. I think these are big losses for this team. What'd you think? I don't think there's a team that lost as much as Detroit did when it came to receivers. That's that's huge, man. That's your one and two right there. That's gone. And they didn't really replace it with another one and two. So did you did you realize that uh the Aquara brothers are on Detroit? I did know that. Oh okay. they got Julian last year, I think, in the draft. Yeah, yeah. For some reason I thought Julian was on another team. That's why I called Romeo Julian, or I almost did just now. It's because you're bad at this. I'm a well informed media personality now i know these things so you didn't sound very confident when you said that so. <laughs> <laughs> moving on uh <laughs> <laughs> so detroit's cap situation is pretty good they have the ninth most cap space in the league and they have 17.3 million dollars so some guys get cut in the next few weeks they can make some moves so that is interesting uh they were bad last year five and eleven they they got worse in a lot of areas, man. They got worse in a lot of areas. But they have some strong points in this team. They do. They're not terrible everywhere. What do you think is this team's best unit? Detroit might be good. They got worse in a lot of areas, but they're going to be good this year. This is to bring the Detroit fans in, okay? They listen. Ah, Detroit would be good. And then I kill them. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Um, you're asking for the, the strength or, or sorry the strong areas um i mean i think you can find some some glimmer of hope throughout this this team uh it's not easy but i would say um pass rush i think they have some potentially uh 
solid defensive players that can get after a passer. Uh, uh, Romeo Aquara, um, Trey Flowers, Michael Brockers, um, Jamie Collins. I think that's solid. It's underrated, I think. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Levi, Ali McNeil. Um, it's not a bad line. This is why you're a bad person. Because I tried to pronounce Levi's last name and you didn't even do it. You just moved right on to Levi and said to Lee McNeil after. Because you're a bad person. Leave, hang me out to dry. Nice. Tr- you you mentioned his name already. I just I just called him Levi. <laughs> Levi on Wizariki. Okay, sure. That was my that's my runner up. The defensive line I think is very good. So I agree with you there. For me, my top pick was their offensive line. Frank Ragnow is one of the best centers in football. Penny Sewell is the best tackle prospect in five years. Vitae is a good right tackle. Taylor Deckel could be a swing tackle. Maybe move him. To, I think their plan is to have Taylor Decker play left tackle this year, Sewell at left guard, and then switch it up next year. But I think this is a good line. Jared Goff will have time. Their running game will have time. I think this is a very good offensive line. What was your runner-up? So my runner-up were the, the two tackles on the outside of the outs- offensive line. Fra- and Frank Ragnow is uh, great, even though his throat was crushed last year. Um, yeah. That is the wildest injury I've ever heard of in my life, yeah. by the way. It sounds painful more than anything else. He finished the game. Yeah. That was nuts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the the outside of that line, to me, was was a strength of runner-up. Um I just didn't think that the entire O line was as as deep as as the D line, but I'm not mad at you for having that as a strength as well. Yeah, the weakest unit I think is very obvious to all of us. It's their wide receivers. Yep, they lost all of them. Uh, Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perryman cannot be your number one and two receivers in the NFL. They drafted Amon Ross St. Brown, who I actually like as a player from USC. I think in time he can develop become a number two, probably a number three, but. This year is going to be tough for Detroit throwing the ball. Yeah, I had the receivers as my number one unit as well. Like, was not impressed. This is probably the worst receiving unit in the league. Um, but I had one other. I had more than one under, but what was your second run? What was your runner-up? Mine was the backfield. Just not that impressed with DeAndre Swift. I like the Jamal Williams signing, but, like, how – how how many yards per game is this team gonna uh, actually generate? Um, this team was bad. I looked at some stats; they were dead last in uh, total yards per game. So they gave up the most yards per game in the NFL: four hundred and nineteen point eight yards per game. And obviously, that resulted in them giving up the most points per game: uh, thirty-two. So they're just not a good team. They can't defend the pass. They they didn't. Uh, um, defend the run that well last year either. Uh, I don't know what this team's going to do. I don't think they were very good at running the football either. Um, just I don't have much faith. Sorry, man. No insult to me. I think this running back room, I, I like it more than you do because I like DeAndre Swift. I like Jamal Williams. I just I get what you're saying because Swift, he did not play well as a rookie. He did not do very well. He had that pass drop that cost him the game that time that people will remember forever. But I think that that group is better than their safeties. Tracy Walker and Will Harris are your two starters. Does that bring you any confidence at all, Webb? I don't mind Tracy Walker. He was good at one point. 
When? Uh, three years ago? Exactly. That is my point. <laughs> and that is 100% my point. <laughs> I just I just checked the stat last year. Uh, rushing yards per game as a team, Detroit was third worst. They only put up 93 yards per game last year, which was uh, the third worst in the NFL behind Houston and Pittsburgh. That's really bad. Yeah. What is your record prediction for the 2021 Detroit Lions? So I have them at four and thirteen. Wouldn't be surprised if they won five. I think they're gonna give the NFC North, you know, some trouble. They're gonna be competitive in inside the division. But outside of that, I don't know how this team passes the football. Who they pass to? I don't know how they run the football. I don't believe in Jared Goff uh, at all. So good luck, Detroit. So I agree. I have them winning five and twelve. Five and thirteen. Sorry, five and twelve. This new, this new thing messes me up, man. The 17th game is so weird to me. Yeah, <laughs> it was 5-11 and 11 last year, and you just added two more losses to 5-13. It's, it's likely going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like this team's plan. They hired a tough coach in Dan Campbell. Anthony Lynn is going to be a great coordinator. They made their strengths, offensive and defensive lines. This team has nothing at receiver. But I think they have a really good tight end in Hawkinson and running backs that can catch the ball. DeAndre Swift is a good pass catching receiver, but running back. Goff cannot throw the ball deep. He is un- incapable of doing that. He is good at short throws to the running back. Todd Gurley had the best year of his career with Jared Goff throwing him six yard passes. So I think Jared Goff is actually a good quarterback for how this team is being built. Running game. Tight end, that's all they're going to do, but I still think they go 5-12. and 12. They're going to have a tough year. Hawkinson is going to be a monster this year because there's no one else to throw the ball to, but this team's not good. And it's going to be a while before they recover. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Hawkinson is, is very good. I think he can have a monster year. So they do have someone they can throw the ball to. They just don't have any receivers. But Hawkinson will definitely catch a lot of balls. They'll just be coming from Jared Goff, unfortunately. So petty. <laughs> uh, the Green Bay Packers are up next. In 2020, they went 13-3 and and lost in the NFC title game. The story of their offseason was if Aaron Rodgers would show up to work. Would he be traded? Would he retire? Or would he come back and lead the Green Bay Packers this season? What do you think was the story of their offseason? Yeah, I agree with you. Same thing. Uh, we should mention really quick, they did come to an agreement. Aaron Rodgers is back. They chopped off a year of his deal. And they said, after this season, if you were still unhappy here, we will trade you to where you want to go. They may break this promise, but that was the deal they came to to have Aaron Rodgers come to town. Their coaching staff is Matt LaFleur, head coach, offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, and D coordinator Joe Barry. Uh, Matt, Fl- Matt LaFleur has proven to be a good, good NFL coach, but bes- eh, good is a strong word. He has proven to be a co- coach that can do well when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. I'll, I'll leave it there. What do you think, Webb? Yeah, I was about to say that. I don't know how I feel about these coaches, except that Aaron Rodgers can make anyone look good. And I'm not sure that these guys survive just anywhere in the league. Jury's out. I agree. Okay, Webb, Green Bay's draft was interesting. Were you surprised they drafted Jordan Love with their first round pick this year as well? Just to really rub it in Aaron Rodgers' face? That surprised you? Because it surprised me. You're very petty. You will not, 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 not let them live that down at all. Never, ever, ever. (laughs) 
in round one, the Green Bay Packers took Eric Stokes, cornerback from Georgia. In round two, they took Josh Myers, a center from Ohio State. In round three, they took Amari Rodgers, a wide receiver from Clemson. Uh, I like Amari Rodgers. I think Josh Myers is a good good center. Eric Stokes is all athletic traits and very little ability right now. So I have some questions if he's going to be able to play. But I thought this draft was pretty solid overall. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was a solid draft. They were all over the field in terms of positions that they were selecting. They didn't just focus on defense. They went offense and defensive sides of the ball. I didn't like the uh, the uh, Eric Stokes pick either. I thought they were, if they were going to go corner, there were some more capable uh ready corners and uh but i did like amari rogers i liked josh sorry amari rogers yeah uh josh myers i don't know why their names seem close to me sorry um and uh and i liked royce newman in the fourth round royce newman's also a good name by the way yeah, anyone named royce just seems like a good guy sounds royce newman just sounds like a strong football player like it just sounds strong man like 100 like you would want to fight that guy yeah, like he can bench like five hundred. Yeah, Royce is a t- Royce is a good name for a kid. Yeah. It's on my list. It's a good Solid name. name. Okay, uh, in free agency, they made some moves. They signed cornerback Kevin King. They re-signed him for one year, five million. They re-signed their tight end Mercedes Lewis, two years, five point nine million. They signed right tackle Dennis Kelly from Tennessee for one year, one point three million. They signed outside linebacker Devondre Campbell from Arizona for one year, two million. And they traded for Randall Cobb from Houston for a six-round pick. Uh, Kevin King played well for them last year. I think Randall Cobb is going to be really good for them this year. And Mercedes Lewis shocks me every time. He's still, I found out he's still in the league. I thought he retired like six years ago. I do not know what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, they made some some solid uh, signings. That, nothing crazy, but I think to me, the one that stood out the most was bringing back Randall Cobb when Aaron Rodgers clearly made them do that. And they did it. That is a nice flex, eh? Like, hey, trade for this guy right now, and I'll come back. I'm like, all right, fine. Because you know they didn't want to do it. Like, it it, it made it them not. very angry to do it. And there was talk that they were going to have uh bring back Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews has no interest in coming back. But there was, like, a rumor around Packers camp, like, Rogers wants Clay Matthews back just to see if he could get it done. I saw that. I didn't want Clay to do that to his legacy. He would probably look very bad if he came back. Didn't he have, like, eight sacks for the Rams last year? It was two years ago. He was decent, wasn't he? He was decent, I think. As just a pass rusher, couldn't he be Robert Quinn? Like that kind of guy, just like it's all he does. I think I'll trust Robert Quinn way more. But uh, I mean, it's a nice story that he's coming back. I have to double check. I don't remember if he had that many sacks uh, that year with the Rams, but just give it up, man. You're 35. The thing I remember most about Clay Matthews last season is he got that pass, uh, roughing the passer call. That cost you guys a game. And it was just a regular sack, like not dirty at all. Yeah. And I think he got thrown out of the game for it. It was terrible. You're right. Um, he had eight sacks in 2019. Yeah, pretty good year. Solid. He only played 13 games, but that's pretty good. For uh, well, how old was he? He was 33 at that time. Okay, they did have some losses, though. They lost their... All pro center Corey Lindsley to the LA Chargers for five years, $62 million. Running back Jamal Williams to Detroit for two years, $6 million. And inside linebacker Christian Kirksey to Houston for one year, $3 million. I think Lindsley, Lindsley's loss is really going to hurt this team. One of the smartest centers in football, losing him, and I think a rookie's going to start at center now, 
it could be a major downgrade for this team. What did you think about these losses, Webb? I thought they were huge. They also lost Lade Taylor, the guard. Um, I thought they were huge. Very big for an aging quarterback who scrambles and one of the best uh, units in the league. That was very big. Let's talk about some of these strong units now, Webb. Uh, to me, their strongest unit, it's the quarterbacks. They have the best quarterback in football in Jordan Love and a top five backup in Aaron Rodgers. So I think that is a very strong quarterback room. I like it very much. I think that's got to be the, where the strength of this team is. What do you have? Our quarterback was one of my picks. I think I had uh, a tie between the pass rush and the secondary for me. Uh, the the Smiths were unrelated. Zaire and Preston, who were just intimidating and a force and fearsome. Um, and the secondary as well. I thought the secondary was very good, as you already alluded to, and um, really kept the Packers in games. But obviously, no individual player or unit is as good as Aaron Rodgers is for the Packers. The secondary was my runner-up as well. Uh, Jair, Jair Alexander is a top three cornerback. Kevin King was really good last season. And I think they have some of the best fitting safeties. Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage play together so well. That's a really strong unit. So I think uh, we both did well in our picks there. Right? Good job. But this team is not great everywhere. I think they, they're stronger than I thought they were going to be. Not as many weaknesses. But to me, the weakest unit on this team is their linebackers. Do you know who Chris Barnes is? No idea. But I have them as my weakest unit, too. Chris Barnes is the starting inside linebacker. Devondre Campbell is also going to start for them there. And their backups are Oren Burks and Ty Summers. I've heard of one of these names in Devondre Campbell, and he wasn't that good last time I heard his name. So this is an issue for this team. And the defensive line is good. The secondary is good. So... The middle of the defense, hopefully they can cover some of that up, but maybe not. They might get eaten up alive down by head ends and stuff like that. I had, I agree with you, and I had uh, some other candidates. Let's hear them. Well, one is the tight ends. I'm sure you saw that too. Um, but I think having Aaron Rodgers can make some of these weak tight ends, Robert Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis, look better than they are. So that wasn't uh, that wasn't my runner up. The uh, the runner-up for me was the O-line, just because I have no idea how this O-line is going to look. It's very different than last year. Uh, they're starting rookies at center and right guard, and they lost the best center in the league last year to the Chargers, and they lost Lane Taylor. I just don't know how this, 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 uh, this O-line is going to look and how it's going to perform. And I think that's a big, big piece uh, to help Aaron Rodgers, you know, comfortable, be comfortable in the pocket. And do what he does. The O-line is tough. But they have, like, the best left tackle in football. So. Yes. It, but there's three there's three gigantic holes now. But I don't know how they're going to fill them. It's. Mm-hmm. Bakhtiari has to figure a lot of stuff out with his team this year. He has to do everything. But I agree with you. The offensive line is my runner-up as well. And we just. Sorry, go ahead. Not to you. I was gonna say, wasn't Bakhtiari hurt? He was. I think he's healthy now, though. So, like again, like I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. They could be good, but I'm concerned. I think what they should do is at center. The guy they drafted last year to play guard for them, Elgin Jenkins, was the start was a center in college. If I were them, I'd move him back to center and see what I can do because I think it's easier to find a guard than a center. 
But the offensive line, if it is not elite and Rodgers is still scrambling, it's going to be a tough year for them. But Webb, Aaron Rodgers is your favorite quarterback of all time. Jordan Love is your second favorite quarterback of all time. What is the 2021 record for the Green Bay Packers? 12 and 5. I think they're a very good team for all the reasons that we've, we've listed. With some stats up for the Packers as well. They're a top seven in defending the pass. The highest scoring team in the league on offense, 31.8 points per game. And they're just overall like a, a good team on both ends of the football. So I think 12 and 5 is their floor, really. I think they can do better. But I see them at 12 and 5 because they have a somewhat tough schedule, I think. And they have some holes that I think teams will exploit. And I still kind of feel like it's Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So I agree with you, basically, on everything you just said. I think this is a good roster, but it comes down to Rodgers and Devontae. And if one of those guys gets hurt, it's going to be a real tough year. But I'm hoping for health everywhere. This team has to be thinking Super Bowl or bust. That's the only way you can look at this season. It is likely Aaron Rodgers' last in Green Bay. And they're going to be the favorite in at least 13 games they play this year. And if they're not the favorite, it's not by a long spread. So this is a good team that's going to go 13-4 and four this season. One extra loss from last year, but I think this is a really strong team that will do well 13-4. and four. Fire Gutenkust. <laughs> it's funny. I had them 13-4 and four before, but I just... I kept looking at the roster, and I was like, this team... I was, I was looking at some of the, the teams that they play, and a little worried. Um, I do think they're going to drop one of the, the, the games to one of these teams in the division, at least one. And I just was a little concerned, man. They're at New Orleans week one. And you and I are both down on New Orleans, but I just don't know. Like, um, Actually, they're at the, at the Dome. Uh, they're at San Francisco week three, at Arizona week eight, at the Chiefs week nine, which is probably the biggest game or one of the biggest games of the year. Home for Seattle week 10. Home for the Rams week 12. I have Baltimore week 15. Home for Cleveland week 16. They could go 13 and 4. They could go 14 and 3. I just don't really know. And I thought 12 and 5 was safe. Aaron Rodgers is the pettiest man alive. And I think he could go on a revenge tour of all revenge tours this year, dominate and go 16 and 1. Like that's the kind of year he could have, win the Super Bowl, and then never talk to Green Bay ever again. I think he's going to want to play out of his mind this year. I think the team is going to know, hey, if we don't do it this year, we have the young guy coming in next year, so we're not going to be good for like four years. So let's put everything into the season. And I think I think they are my, at this point right now, they are my likely team from the NFC in the NFC title game against the Bucks. I think it's going to be a repeat. I think this is one of the top two teams in the NFC. I have chosen Green Bay to appear in the Super Bowl for like the past like six years. And obviously it has not happened. So <laughs> I'm going to wait and, and, you know, observe the first few weeks before I make a, a prediction on, on Green Bay. I mean, that's a lie. We're going to have our preview show. But uh, oh, it's coming up, man. It's coming up. It's, it's coming up soon. <laughs> but I'm, I, love, I love Green Bay. And this is, should be Aaron Rodgers' best roster in a while. But I don't know. They always have bad luck, it seems. Really does. Really does. Okay. The last team in this division is the Minnesota Vikings. In 2020, they went seven and nine. And I think the story of their offseason was just to get healthy and run it back. 
They didn't make any moves. Everything stayed the same. They they got a little better with free agency, but they didn't they didn't rock the boat at all. There was some talk Mike Zimmer might get fired. They brought him back. Uh, do you disagree with me, Whip? Oh, I don't disagree with you. They had some bad luck last year themselves. Dalvin Cook missed a few games, and I think their record was worse than they really were. So you're probably right. Seems like a quiet offseason they had under the radar. I really like some of their moves, though. So it was quiet, but they got really good value places. But we'll, we'll get to that, the free agency, in a second. Let's start with the, uh, the head coach. Sorry. Their current head coach is Mike Zimmer. Their offensive coordinator is Gary Kubiak's son, Clint Kubiak, which sounds like a fake name you give at a hotel. And their defensive coordinators are Andre Patterson and Adam Zimmer. What do you think of this unit, Webb? I think you're a fool. That's what I think. <laughs> the Clint Kubiak thing? You didn't like that one? <laughs> oh, That's man. not a real name. That's not a real name. Come on. That was the name of the usual suspects. Clint is spelled with a K. Yeah, that's... That's a, ter- that's, ter- that's a fake name. Yeah, probably. I like it. I like the coaching staff. Me too. Uh, Mike Zimmer is one of my five favorite coaches in football. Because he's just a no-nonsense guy. And I think you see with like coaches like Bruce Arians and Mike Zimmer, players love them because they don't sugarcoat things. They don't lie to you and fluff you up to make you feel good. They tell you the truth. And players can see how they're playing and how others play. And they respect that. They respond to that. And I really like Mike Zimmer. I think he's a good coach. Yeah, and he got an extension not too long ago, right? Like He seems super, super dedicated, super, super... Uh invested in this in this club so um i like what they're doing in minnesota this is kirk cousins last year right on under contract i believe it is okay all right so yeah uh time to get into the draft i guess okay in round one the minnesota vikings took one of my favorite players christian darisaw left tackle from virginia tech who fell then they had four third round picks so at pick two in round three, they took Kellen Mond, quarterback, Texas A&M. Round three, pick 15, they took Chaz Surratt, linebacker, North Carolina. In round four, they took Wyatt Davis, guard from Ohio State. And their fourth pick in round three, they took Patrick Jones, the second defensive end from Pittsburgh. So I really like this draft. Kellen Mond, uh, Chris Sims, who was one of the, I think he's the best quarterback evaluator in any media right now, he had Kellen Mond as the number three quarterback overall this year in this draft. Better than Justin Fields, better than Mac Jones, better than Trey Lance. He had it, uh, Zach Wilson, and then Trevor Lawrence, and then Kellen Mond three. That's how I think that really says something to me that maybe people are missing things. He said he has a Patrick Mahomes type of athleticism. The arm isn't quite as good, but if Kellen Mond is the future, this draft looks a lot better. What did you think about this draft? I think you said it perfectly. If Kellen Mond is the future, this draft looks better. So my, uh, you know, whether I, I, I like this draft depends on what they do with Kirk Cousins after this season. If they bring Kirk Cousins back on like a two-year, three-year deal or longer, it makes no sense that they drafted Kellen Mond. I didn't like the Kellerman pick because I didn't know what the, I did not know what they're doing with the Kirk Cousins, but I think him as a player is is great. And if they're planning to move on from Kirk Cousins, fantastic uh, time to get their 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 uh, 
new franchise quarterback. So I love Christian Derisaw. I like the Wyatt Davis pick. Uh, Minnesota's O-line and D-backs were abysmal for years. Um, Patrick Jones, I thought, was a great pickup. Uh, and even uh, Kenny Nwangnu, uh from Iowa State, the running back. It's always great to shore up the uh, backfield. I think Minnesota has consistently good drafts. They may, like, miss the mark in the first round, but they make up for it throughout the rest of the draft. I agree. Uh, Christian Derrissaw has been hurt all camp, by the way, and has not really played. And Kellen Mond looked very bad in their preseason game, but I do not judge preseason games, so that does not count to me. But, yeah, I think this has a chance to be a very, very strong draft class for the Minnesota Vikings team. Okay. In free agency, uh, they made a move today, Web. I want to talk about it really quickly. Because they re-signed Everson Griffin this morning. And I just got an update to my phone that he plans to apologize to Kirk Cousins for tweets he sent out in January. Just saw that. <laughs> just happened right now. And I must have missed he sent these tweets. But this makes me love this signing way more because it's so funny. Can you please read the tweets for the listeners? I will pull them up. Okay, give me a second here. Because I'm going to assume they're amazing. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. One of them is incredible. Absolutely okay, so, incredible. Uh, the first tweet, it says, Kirk Cousins is ass. Thank you. And then it says, ask Zimmer if he wanted Kirk. <laughs> so, sold out his coach and his quarterback in one tweet, which I think takes in a, a real special level of talent there. Also, the, the timeline, <laughs> they were three minutes apart. So, he... <laughs> that he is amazing. That and then he wrote, he, he will tell you the truth, question mark. Who wanted Kirk Cousins? Take your guess. Uh, this, how do you apologize for that? I, like, so, so I guess the one uh, saving grace is that Everson Griffin was going through some stuff last year. Um, you know, he, I think he had, it was reported that he had mental health issues. And I think that was the reason why he even was released from Dallas. Sorry, not Dallas, Minnesota. And I went to Dallas. So maybe that is a way he can sort of, you know, make that up to Kirk. It's pretty bad. It's really what he bad. Said. It's really bad. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really happy know. he resigned. I'm really happy they got him back. It's yeah. really funny. Yeah. Let's it's, see if Kirk Cousins uh, continues in Minnesota after this. So they did make some other moves that I really liked as well. Uh, they signed defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson from the New York Giants for two years, $21 million. They got cornerback Patrick Peterson from Arizona for one year, $8 million. Sheldon Richardson from Cleveland, who used to be playing in Minnesota, for one year, $3.6 million. Rashad Breland, a cornerback from Kansas City for one year, $3 million. Defensive end Stephen Weatherly from Carolina for one year, $2.5 million. Safety Xavier Woods from Dallas for one year, $1.7 million. And wide receiver D.D. Westbrook from Jacksonville for one year, $1.1 million. I think all of these players are NFL players. They're not amazing players. Delvin Tomlinson is maybe the best run defender in football. Patrick Peterson was the best corner in football for like five years. So these guys all have potential. I like these moves. What do you think, Webb? I think they probably had the best uh, offseason out of the teams that we've talked about so far, at least in terms of signings. Um, they made big splashes. thought they did it really well. Really well. I agree. They had some losses, though. Uh, long-term tight end Kyle Rudolph to the Giants for two years, $12 million. Their left tackle, Riley Reef to Cincinnati for one year, $7.5 million. Free safety, Anthony Harris to Philly for one year, $4 million. Outside linebacker, Eric Wilson to Philly for one year, $2.7 million. 
and backup running back Mike Boone to Denver for two years, $3.8 million. I thought this Riley Reef let go was really weird because I thought he was still a pretty good player. But replacing him with, with Derisaw makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't think they knew that was going to happen when they cut him, but I think it worked out pretty well for them. What do you think here? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Riley Reef to me, was the biggest loss that they had. Um, did you mention Jeff Gladney? I did not. Uh, has he has he been actually released yet? Yeah, they did. They cut him earlier this month. I looked back. So we talked on a previous show about him likely being cut because of some criminal actions he may or may not have committed. But I had not seen him being cut. But yeah, that's a really big one too. That's a huge one. That was their first round pick in 2019. That's a huge loss for them. Yeah, it looks like... Uh, I mean, you probably saw it and you forgot. It was August 3rd. The same day he got indicted for felony assault, they cut him. I did see that. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's a big one. Jeff Gladney. A guy I liked coming out of TCU, who I thought was going to be a really good pro. I think you and I both liked that draft pick when they made it. And uh, we were wrong, apparently. Tough break from Minnesota. Good thing they draft a cornerback in the first two rounds every year. But so tough. <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> excuse me. The Minnesota Vikings cap-wise, they're doing okay, Webb. Not great, but not bad. They have $8.9 million, almost $9 million, the 19th most cap space in football. So if someone comes available, they can make a signing, but they're doing okay. What do you think is this team's strongest unit? Maybe it would be the D-line. Um, I, I know there's another, I have several positions, and I'm sure there's another position that you'd, you'd, you could argue is stronger than the D-line. Um, but Everson Griffin, Michael Pierce, Sheldon Richardson, who they got, Dalvin Tomlinson, who you spoke about, Daniel Hunter, I think that is or has the potential to be a top 10 or higher D-line, probably higher than top 10. I think that's a very intimidating, proven line. I'd say probably top eight. Like that, those guys can get after the passer and stop the run. That's, that's, that's a good line. You also didn't include Anthony Barr, who is maybe the best outside linebacker in football. With everything he can do. You're right. I did not. Yeah, it's kind of weird with outside linebackers, including them on the defensive line or not. Because they do it, but they don't do it. Like, for the Packers, I didn't include their outside linebackers. But they definitely play defensive line as well. Uh, I agree with you, though. Defensive line is their strongest unit. It's, like you said, Daniel Hunter, elite. Dalvin Tomlinson is maybe the best run stuffer. This team is going to be hard to run on. And they're going to get after the passers. This team is that's a really good unit. Really good. My runner-up is wide receiver. Did you, did you have that too? I had that too. It's a top, it, what would you say that is? A top five tandem? Maybe higher? I, li- I literally wrote down top five one-two punches in the league. Okay. <laughs> Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are one of the top five one-two punches in the league. And they're probably not fifth. Like, it's... I'm trying to think... Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are probably one, maybe. And, and you then have AJ and Julio. AJ and Julio, though. Like, AJ is still hurt. Julio's yeah. hurt. Yeah. Like, health wise, I think I'm feeling hurt quite a bit, too, though. But, like, yeah. are they third? I'm trying to think, and they might be third to me. If, if AJ Green can be healthy, I think they can be in there, too, with Arizona, with DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green could possibly be in the mix. I don't know if they're better than Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, but I think. If AJ Green's healthy. That's a big if though. Yeah. I would take them, but I would take those two before I would take AJ Green. Because Hop is the best player in that conversation. But I think AJ Green at this age is clearly the fourth guy. Yeah, yeah. 
you also have uh in Dallas you have uh Amari Cooper and uh CeeDee Lamb. I got probably take Thielen and Justin Jefferson over them too. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb, everyone has been talking about like he is the best player in football. He was good <laughs> as a rookie. Yeah. Uh he was placed on the COVID list today, by the way, but it doesn't matter. But he 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 wasn't the best receiver in football last oh. year. But people act like he's a top ten receiver already. He's not. He yeah. could be one day, but he's not there yet. And I and I think uh, Justin Jefferson was the only rookie receiver to get a thousand yards uh, receiving last year. So I'm going to give you a little preview right now, but my bold prediction for this division. Uh, I was thinking about receiving yards, and I was going to say Justin Jefferson will lead this division in rushing yards in receiving yards this year, thinking that was bold. And then I looked, and he did that last year. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I did. Wait, hold on a second. He beat Devontae? Yeah. Devontae probably four, missed games then. He had 1,400 yards, and Devontae had like 1,315, I think. Wow. I, I wouldn't have thought more, that. He had more than Allen Robinson. Yeah, he had the most, and I was shocked by this as well because I did not think that was the case. So I switched my bold prediction to not that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the weakest unit on this team, Web? Uh, to me, it's the O-line. Um, there are questions in the secondary. Because we don't know how good Patrick Peterson still is, especially after the PEDs. Um, Harrison Smith is one of the best safeties in the league, but I think I, I think I'm gonna go uh, O line, because I don't really know how this team's gonna be, man. They have good place, good pieces like uh, uh, Garrett Bradbury. I think he's okay, um, and Ezra Cleveland, I think, is solid. And like you say, Christian Derrissaw, but I just there's a big question mark for this team. So I had the O-line. I had the guards as my runner-up. I, I think their tackles are okay-ish if Derrissaw plays. Brian O'Neill, like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure if Derrissaw is going to play very much. So I definitely see why you said that, because he hasn't played yet. And it's a huge question mark. But I had their guards specifically as a real problem area for this team. So we agree on the O-line not being strong. But that was my runner-up, because my weakest unit, which has been for a lot of these teams, is tight end. Uh, I think overall, we've done 16 teams so far, maybe more, and the tight end has been the weakest on a bunch of these teams. I don't believe in Irv Smith. He is He got drafted really high because he's from Alabama and a great athlete. What has he done so far? What am I missing? Like, I don't understand why they let Kyle Rudolph go for this guy. Maybe he takes a giant step this year, but he has not done it yet. And their backups are very underwhelming. Did you have a runner-up? Yeah, it, it would have been the secondary as another question mark. Because I think that they have a really good player in Harrison Smith. I think he's by far the best player in their secondary. And Patrick Peterson can be good. I just don't know if he still is, especially after he got popped. Um, I actually like Irv Smith Jr. I, uh, what has he done? I don't know if they were throwing the football that much. I think Kirk Cousins was really... Comfortable with Kyle Rudolph, and they're a run heavy, run heavy team. Um, so I don't know if he got a lot of chance to shine. He could be overrated, but I like him. You're a sheep. You're not drafting okay. him. I am not drafting him. He can be on your fantasy team this year. That's fine. Uh what is your prediction for the 2021 Minnesota Vikings, Bob? I have them at 10 and seven. I like this team a lot, man. Why are we agreeing this whole time? This is ridiculous. We have been so close on all these teams. This is crazy. I have. I had them at 10 and 7, exactly. Wow. Could we've you see 11 and five, 6? We've had five game swings before. Five game yeah. differences. This one has all been a game. Yeah. 
Uh, 11 and 6, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I could see them even at 12 and 5. I think this is a really strong team. I think Kirk Cousins is good. He's not great, but he's one of the most stable starters. He doesn't miss time. plays every game. I think is valuable. Uh, he said he's going to wear like a scuba mask all season because he's not getting vaccinated. Right. Which is going to be interesting. So, But he doesn't miss time. He plays every game. He is solid. He doesn't make amazing throws, but he doesn't really make throws to kill you either. I think he's a really solid quarterback. He's like the 15th best guy, maybe 12th best guy in the league. He's reliable. Yeah, and, 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 and on a given week, he could be a top 10 guy. Yeah. He could sure be really can. good. And they have Jalvin to make make it easier for him as well. Dalvin's what the second best running back in football, maybe third best. Like he's excellent. So yeah, that could help the team. Yeah, and he um, it was a race between him and uh, and Derrick Henry last year. Like for for the in the beginning of the season. Yeah, for sure. And then like, Dalvin missed a couple of games, but yeah, like they Dalvin was I think my mid season offensive player of the year last year. I think he was. Yeah, he I was excellent. I, had, I think I had Kamara. I think. So. We both have them at 10 and 7 this year, which sucks. Uh, so, <laughs> for a recap, I have the Green Bay Packers winning the division at 13 and 4. Minnesota in second at 10 and 7. Chicago in third at 9 and 8. And Detroit in last place at 5 and 11. What do you have, Webb? Wait, did you have Chicago at 9 and 8 or 8 and 9? Because you said 9 and 8. Just Sorry, now. I have them at 8 and 9. That's correct. I read that down wrong. Okay. 8 and 9. And like, this has been a crazy division. I don't think we've agreed more than today uh, because we've been off by like maybe a game. Everything was close here. Yeah. Usually we have gigantic swings that we totally yeah. disagree. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. one, which means, by the way, that we're all going to get this wrong. When we agree, <laughs> it never happens. <laughs> yeah. All right. I had uh, Green Bay uh, first in the division at 12 and 5, Minnesota second in the division. 10 and 7, Chicago third in the division at 9 and 8, and I had Detroit way last at 4 and 13. That's a, yeah, it's a big swing. That is uh that's tough for Detroit, man. I feel bad for them. It's really it's a tough place to live. I could see them at 5 and 12. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Matt Patricia's gone, man. I can only go up from here. I can only go up. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a bold prediction for this division. Do you have a bold prediction? Yeah, I have a semi-bold prediction. Yes, I do. I have, I think, my bold, most bold prediction in this show's, this season's history so far. Oh, wow. Okay, so save the best of last. Let me let me go first. I don't want you, go, you to make me ahead. look bad. Go ahead. Uh, Detroit is a really bad team. One of the worst defensive teams in the league. But I still feel that they're going to beat the other three divisions in this the other three teams in this division. I have Minnesota winning 10 games. I have uh, Golden State. Green Bay winning 12 games. And I have Detroit winning four games. And I think three of their wins are going to come from inside the division. That is a very fun prediction. That's good. That's a fun one. I mean, it's not as bold as what I'm about to do. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. Now that I've said it, I have some regrets. But I'm still going to oh, stick no. with it. No. You have to stick with it. TJ Hawkinson will lead this division in receptions with 115. Whoa. The most receptions in this division will be had by TJ Hawkinson this season. More than Devontae Adams, more than Allen Robinson, more than whatever is going on in Minnesota. He will have the most receptions in the NFC North this year. That's pretty bold. That is very bold. If for no other reason than you're banking on Jared Goff. 
I had some regrets. Uh, yeah. Also, a- after I finished writing this up, I got a text message from a fantasy team in our league that said he will be keeping TJ Hawkinson. And I was immediately furious. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little side note for it. I have to look at my keepers, Coop. I like how they're your keepers again. Good job. Okay. Uh, yeah. Everybody. You forced me into it. I, I knew you were going to break. I was so sure of it. <laughs> You're a weak build man. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday doing the AFC North. So get ready for that. That is, I think, the most fun division in football, by the way. That's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. And no, no. I think the most fun one is going to be yeah. the one we do next week, the NFC West. So I, I don't really agree with you. I think there's a clear high up, hierarchy in the NFC West. I think I could see any of the four teams winning the AFC North. Interesting. I'm not as high. I can see any team. Sorry. I'll go even further. In the NFC West, I can see all four teams making the playoffs. Is that possible? I don't know if that's ever been done, but I think it's possible. Like, I tried to do the the math. If they all win, sorry, if they all make the playoffs, they would have at least, uh, I think, three losses on the record. So I think they can go, like, 12 and 5. Okay. Each of them. That's interesting. That is interesting. Okay. <laughs> so I don't. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Let's leave that for the next week. That's sure. The AFC North is really fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. And you're obviously high on, on one particular team that I didn't think you're going to be that high on. If you can see any team winning that division. It's going to be interesting, man. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. So please follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. We really appreciate it. Web, anything to add before we get out of here? Yeah, I'm really excited for Thursday's show. Me too, man. I can't wait. These are honestly <laughs> my most fun shows. I love these shows more than anything else we do. These are so much fun. These are fun. We have, so we've done uh, 20 teams so far. So we have three more divisions to do. Looking forward to it. So thank you, Evan, for listening. Have a great night. Peace out. <laughs>